This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's 12.03 on this St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Today is the day for the wearing of the green. And of course, this show every weekday, we talk about the green back. Thanks, Ann. We'll check in with you at 1223. Fast food restaurants are looking to robots to deal with a labor shortage. We'll learn more about that in our next segment. But right now, the latest report on housing starts and the weekly tally of jobless claims out today. We're joined by Bob Brusca, chief economist, fact and opinion economics based in New York. Bob, uh, we talk about all of the various things causing stress on the economy, from supply chain issues to energy markets to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And yet, despite all of those things, the job market continues to chug along. Yes, it does. Um, The job market is uh, relatively tight. The unemployment rate is low. In the current report, the insured unemployment rate, which is this weekly measure of how unemployment is doing, also fell to 1%, its lowest mark in a while. Um, The job market looks like it remains tight. Consumer spending is holding up, although there are some signs in that retail sales report yesterday, I think, of some unevenness. But in the economic reports today, uh, industrial production, housing starts, the uh, Philadelphia Fed index in particular, uh, a stunning index, uh, economy is looking like it's carrying ahead. Uh, fa- yeah, factory output in the month of February uh, reflecting a broad gain across industries, despite the fact that they're paying their highest prices since 1979. Yeah, the price indexes in this Philadelphia report are uh, kind of shocking. Uh, Prices paid index up to 81. The prices received index up to 54, which doesn't sound high, but in its history, it's been higher than that, only about 1.5% of the time. So um, these are are high numbers. Uh, Philadelphia looks like it's uh, cooking with a high level of activity. And it sounds like this is a, a in some ways, uh, this is Omicron rolling off the books. That you had a lot of workers who might have been out sick in the month of January. They got over the virus. They're back on the job, and uh, they're working hard. Yeah, well, that that's one story. Uh, let's hope that's the story. Um, it's it's a little bit hard to tell. Uh, labor force participation data uh, show that a lot of people left the workforce, and so we don't really. No, well, we have left. We don't really know who's going to wind up in the labor force. The the you know, the school situation hasn't really stabilized in New York. Kids don't have to wear masks, and that's going to be good for school attendance. But um, nationally, I'm, I'm not sure we're quite back to normal yet. It will take a while before we're able to see exactly where we stand here. Another uh, sector that saw a little bit of liftoff in the month of February, the housing sector. Housing starts uh, rebounded their fastest pace since the middle of 2006. Construction rising 6.8% in the month of February. And it still seems like they can't build houses fast enough. 
Yeah, well, um, they certainly can't build them cheap enough. (laughs) (laughs) Housing prices are still high. Uh, you know, the mortgage rates are up over 4% now uh, for the first time in a long time. Uh, these housing statistics, uh, enjoy them while you can because these are going to back off. I know there's still pretty good demand from household formation and, uh, you know, changes because of people's location decisions, being able to work from home and things like that. But uh, uh, th- these, these are high prices on homes. The mortgage rates are creeping higher. I think you're going to it's going to be hard for me to see construction being a positive force for growth going ahead here. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Bob Bruska, chief economist, Fact and Opinion Economics based in New York. Coming up, the fast food industry working to expand the use of robots in restaurants. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Hey, it's Technology Thursday. Chipotle is among the fast food and fast casual restaurants struggling with worker shortages, so they're turning to tech for help. Let's learn more from R.J. Hadavi, head of analytical research at the foot traffic analysis firm Placer AI based in Chicago. RJ, thanks for joining us today. Before we talk about some of the uh, businesses that are going ahead um, and, and turning to robots to help out in the kitchen, it seems like the conventional wisdom about using robots in fast casual restaurants has been turned on its head. Prior to the pandemic, it was a way of cutting costs. And now restaurants are paying more for workers, but they're introducing robots anyway because they can't find them. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way to, to frame the discussion. Um, you know, prior to the pandemic, we were seeing a situation where labor costs were rising. And uh, in fact, we do continue to see that. Um, and so, we, you know, before the pandemic, we started to see some companies start to explore uh, robotics as a way to offset those costs. Uh, but it was really difficult to scale across some of these large chains. And that's typically why you see, you know, tests between 50 and 100 units for these technologies to start. Now, all of a sudden, we're, we're in a situation where there's just less labor to begin with and less to, to draw from from the labor pool. And so that's driving a lot of uh, what we're seeing there, too. But on top of that, too, I mean, you know, we've lost a lot of restaurants. We've actually seen uh, visitation. The number of unique visitors coming into restaurants increase a lot of, a lot of places simply because there are fewer restaurants. And when you've got that many more people coming through, you need a way to streamline the process. And I think uh, that's also a motivating factor for a lot of chains is to, to make a you know, more efficient process for consumers when they go through the, uh, the make line at a place like Chipotle or others. Well, let's talk about Chipotle. You have the person who uh, steams the tortilla. You have the person who puts the meat and the beans inside. Then you have the person who puts the veggies in there. And then working in the back and making the chips is chippy. So tell us all about the artificial intelligence that's uh, making chips that'll be used uh, eventually joined with guac in holy matrimony. <laughs> yeah, what we're starting to see is uh, it's the, the cousin to some of the technologies we've already seen out there. Uh, the, the technology is called Chippy. It's a uh, robotics uh, platform that will make the uh, the chips, and, and they're trying to emulate as much as they can the, the human process behind that. Uh, this is a you know, a cousin to what uh, they call Flippy, which is a uh, you know burger flipping uh, and, and fry making um, robot that's being used at White Castle. Uh, the company that designs this program called Miso Robotics also has a uh, test uh, with Buffalo Wild Wings uh, to, to make wings as well. So I think we're going to start to see more and more of this, at least experimentation in terms of technologies that can be brought into the restaurant. Um, you know, what they're positioning this as is not only a way to uh, offset some of the labor shortages, but also uh, you know, eliminate or, or put in hand some of the tasks that employees don't like doing anyways, uh, replacing those with uh, robotics as well. So I think that that's a, an important point, especially you know when it's not only difficult to attract 
uh, employees, but also keep them happy. And if you can keep them happy by making some of the, the, the processes around the restaurant less arduous, uh, I think that's certainly a positive. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. R.J. Hadavi, head of analytical research at the foot traffic analysis firm Placer AI, based in Chicago. Coming up next, Ukraine legalizes crypto as digital currency donations pour into the country. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The government of Ukraine has authorized cryptocurrency in the country to accommodate digital donations that are coming in. We're joined by Bill Ulaveri, owner of Senecal Capital Management in Glenview. Bill, thanks for joining us today. The uh, Parliament of Ukraine passed this law last month. It was signed into law by President Zelensky yesterday. It basically provides a legal framework for crypto exchanges to operate in Ukraine. And what need does does this fulfill right now, especially as the world uh, opens up its heart and its wallets to the uh, cause of uh, freedom in that country? Wow, this is really exciting for me. Honestly, just when you when you introduced this segment, I just sent $10 to Ukraine using cryptocurrency while I was waiting in queue. This is an amazing transformation of our financial uh, system because you know in Ukraine can now accept up to 12 different cryptocurrencies. Uh, for humanitarian and to be used for humanitarian and military ways. They're beginning to see how important cryptocurrency is as an industry. And they wrote a law that is going to permit the industry to, uh, to basically work unimpeded in the country. So now we have El Salvador in Latin America. We have Ukraine in Eastern Europe. We have cryptocurrency mining moving out of China into the United States. And this is I think really the original vision of Satoshi Nakamoto back in 2010 when he posted in the chat room um, when when so WikiLeaks WikiLeaks which was created by Julian Assange when that the United States got upset with him they shut down traditional payment rails to him you know PayPal Mastercard Visa bank accounts so in 2010 Satoshi Nakamoto posted that WikiLeaks has kicked the hornet's nest and the swarm is headed toward us because Satoshi wanted the Bitcoin network to be to go, to glow, grow slowly and organically. And here we have one way where people who are supporting a cause can work outside the system. And it's kind of not that different right now. This is I think this is incredibly exciting. And what is the difference between uh, sending uh, crypto donations to uh, someone in Ukraine, either a humanitarian cause or people who might be fighting the Russian army, between, between sending a, you know, cryptocurrency donations and, and wiring money via traditional banks? Well, all I can tell you is my own personal experience from wiring money. In 2013, I did a, an engagement in London, and it took me 28 days to receive a wire transfer from London from England, who we've been doing business with the nation since 1776, to my local bank account. There were so many hurdles. Um, I know that sending money doesn't actually happen as quickly as you could possibly imagine. And sending the money to, to Ukraine just now cost me about three cents. And so the network fee is very, very low. I'm here right now as I speak with you, looking at the website from the Ministry of Digital Transformation of Ukraine. And they have uh, their banking information. If I want to send a wire transfer, the beneficiary, beneficiary address, uh, address, JP Morgan, the beneficiary bank account. But don't forget, you know, JP Morgan Chase Bank is a centralized entity. It's part of the, the problem, not part of the problem, but part of the obstacle of what we're looking to go around. 
And when I say we, I mean people who want to be able to donate for a cause that means something to them in their hearts without the worry of, you know, traditional investing and traditional payment rails being blocked to them. So if I want to send U.S. dollars or euros, British pounds, I can do that from the website. But I can tell you, I've never had a successful wire transfer that went quickly. Uh, and cryptocurrency certainly can't happen any faster than the fact that I just already did it while I was on the, on the interview with you. Done. Right. Well, I don't have to wait. Well, Bill, thank you so much for the insight. Bill Ulaveri, owner of Cynical Capital Management based in Glenview, the website cynicalcapital.com. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Chicago's all-news station. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio. WBBM, a Russian airstrike in Ukraine, has decimated a theater being used as a shelter. The latest on the search for survivors next in a special report from CBS News. It's Technology Thursday. We'll focus on steps you can take to avoid falling victim to a cyber attack. Navistar, racing to manufacture self-driving semi-trucks. WBBM Business. 
the markets are higher. The Dow is up 234 points. The Nasdaq is up 99. The S&P 500 is up 33. We have 61 degrees right now in Chicago at 1231. CBS News special report. Authorities in Ukraine's Mariupol say around 30,000 people have fled the besieged city and that they are clarifying information on possible victims of the Russian shelling of a theater sheltering civilians a day earlier. More on that theater from CBS's Laura Podesta. Ukrainian officials accused the Russians of bombing this theater in Mariupol, where hundreds were sheltering. A satellite image before the attack shows the word children in Russian lettering written outside. And in the northern city of Chernihiv, the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine says Russian forces shot and killed 10 people who were standing in line for bread. Nurses are still caring for surrogate-born babies trapped in Kiev. <laughs> About 20 babies and nurses have now moved into the basement of British broadcaster Sky News and are using it as a shelter and nursery. The New York Times says Russia has lost more than 7,000 soldiers since the war began. CBS News Special Report. I'm Matt Piper. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are a little higher today. We're joined by Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer at Crescent Capital based in Chicago. Jack, and in just a couple of minutes, markets went from a little higher to a lot higher it looks like uh, this winning streak might extend for three days in a row. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I think uh, the market certainly took uh, Chairman Powell at his word that um, in spite of the seven rate hikes this year and a handful of rate hikes next year, that the economy is strong enough to sustain these higher rates. Um, obviously, uh, Powell is paid to be optimistic and at least convey that. And for right now, uh, investors are taking him at his word. I'm going to spare the listeners my uh, Fred Thompson impersonation, but I do think about his quote from the movie The Hunt for Red October, where uh, in this case, it's uh, helpful to have a plan, and it sounds like uh, Chairman Powell has one, and it's a lot more aggressive than originally thought. It is, and it's you know it's funny because equities did sell off when he first um, unveiled it, um, you know, we see uh, rates going to something like 290 in, the, in a couple of years. Uh, so that is, that is uh, a substantial increase from where we are right now. That would, if the 10-year Treasury stayed where it was, uh, that would push the two-year Treasury uh, above the 10-year, which would signal uh, a recession. In fact, every single time uh, over the last handful of times that the two-year Treasury yield got above the 10-year Treasury yield, uh, we slipped into recession. And the last time we had this type of uh, interest rate liftoff was uh, 2005, 2006. And before the bottom fell out uh, because of the housing crisis, which had a definite cause, um, you know, what was economic activity like, you know, for those of us who don't really remember 2006, 2007, at least from a, a granular stock market perspective? 2006 and 2007 were very good years for the <coughs> equity markets. Uh, it was <coughs> really only <coughs> toward the second half of 2008 where we had problems, and of course we had some big problems in the fourth quarter. Um, but interestingly, in the fourth quarter 2007, so four quarters before we had real problems in the equity markets, we did start to see uh, some cracks in the bond market. Lenders less willing to extend credit to lower quality borrowers. I take that as an early warning signal. And unfortunately, we have a similar condition now. We, that uh, lenders started to pull back on their um, willingness to extend credit 
about a month ago, in fact, even before the Russian invasion. Uh, and that was a, a signal for us to say, you know what, we we got to just tread a little lightly um, as we navigate the next few quarters. And uh, as you said, uh, Chairman Powell is uh, paid to be optimistic, but uh, he seems to be promising a soft landing, uh, that you can raise interest rates, and, and, and based on the economic activity reports that came out today, uh, he might be right that uh, despite all of these uh, various uh, threats and points of stress that are whirling around the world, um, the job numbers are still strong, the manufacturing numbers are still strong. And despite the uh, high inflation, those uh, interest rates are meant to quell. Uh, people are still willing to spend and they're sitting on top of a lot of money. That's it. There are certainly a lot of um, a lot of positive factors going into this rate hike cycle. Um, absolutely. And, you know, to quote Mike Tyson, though, uh, everyone's got plans until they get punched. So right now, uh, uh, Paul has some great plans, and let's hope he can execute on them. And then uh, lastly, uh, it sounds like the markets are also uh, willing to glom onto any rumor of peace between Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, obviously that would be fantastic, and just any glimmer of hope there would really um, just, you know, would would be um, you know, everything. what everyone pretty much worldwide is looking for. So that would be, I'd love to be able to put this um you know, really, really uh, troubling f- chapter behind us and, and see if we can just move forward from here. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer, Crescent Capital, based in Chicago. Coming up next in Technology Thursday, putting together a plan in case a cyber attack. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Technology Thursday. The Russian invasion of Ukraine has raised fear of widespread cyber attacks, misinformation, and scams. Let's get an update from Jerry Irvine, CIO of Prescient Solutions and member of the U.S. Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force based in Chicago. Jerry, thanks for joining us today. What has been the extent of Russia's cyber attacks on Ukraine's Internet infrastructure in the three weeks since the invasion began? Is, is continuing to target uh, Ukraine uh, as well as uh, other uh, countries in the UK and in the EU. And, and actually, the U.S. Uh, intelligence report from the Director of National Intelligence uh, said R- Russia is continuing to target U.S. target uh, uh, critical infrastructure devices and industrial control systems now. So they're they're not just hitting the internet; they're hitting the the core power systems, financial institutions. Uh, anything that's going to help, you know, compromise the uh, stability of the country, transportation, public safety, all of those things. There have been some uh, shutdowns of Internet infrastructure since the invasion began, but nothing widespread so far that we know of. It seems like every problem does have a solution. Is this simply a fact that the uh, United States and other Western powers, our guys, are just as good as theirs? Um, yeah, that that is the case. But because they're just as good as us, uh, they, they have the ability to to attack and bring things down. Uh, back in 2015, they brought down the entire electrical grid for Ukraine back in the, their military campaign at that point in time. Um, and, and they were saying that that could have been a time for them to basically demonstrate that they could do it and to get ready to do this today. So while there's no widespread uh, Internet outage or communications outage there right now, 
um, they're they're really expecting it to occur, and they're expecting things to to happen here in the U.S. as well. Now, uh, causing a, a state-sponsored uh, cyber attack on American infrastructure, bringing down the power grid, um, uh, shutting down uh, hospital systems, uh, things along those lines, uh, would be a serious declaration of war. But uh, what are some of the things that could happen here, and how can we, as computer users, smartphone users, uh, protect against it? Sure. Um, the more likely things that are going to occur are denial of service attacks. Uh, denial of service attacks uh, are usually against those same financial industries, but they're indirect attacks and cannot be attributed to a specific environment. But what happens is uh, the the you know bad actor uses personal devices. So uh, back in 2015, they were using smart refrigerators and and cameras and things of that nature to attack financial institutions and, and organizations like that. And that's directly on us as users. We need to to go in and change our default passwords. We need to do system updates on those, you know, the, the patches uh, and, and things to make sure that they can't be used uh, as, as attacking devices to, to bring our systems down. The, the other thing that we got to do right now is protect ourselves against ransomware. Uh, the FBI is stating that uh, ransomware has increased uh, twofold uh, and just in the last 30 days and probably tenfold in the last six months um, because of this attack. Russia is a big ransomware uh, you know, country, and, and so ransomware attacks the small to mid-sized businesses, which are generally supply chains for, for larger corporations and individuals. So we need to protect ourselves. Uh, you know, having an antivirus application isn't the only thing you have to do, right? Because antivirus only protects you against about 30% of the known viruses and malware that's out there. So you have to make sure that you're backing up your system so that if you do get infected, you can bring it back. Um, you know, change, having uh, passwords that are not reused across multiple accounts. Um, 90% of hacks occur because of a reused or or non-critical password, non-complex password. So, you know, have updated passwords, use multi-form factor authentication, uh, do your system updates. These are the things that we always talk about, but the things that don't get done. Um, and, and those are the things, and, and then backup, those are the things that will protect you the most. Thanks for joining us, Jerry Irvine, CIO, Prescient Solutions, based in Chicago. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Navistar is among the companies running tests of driverless semis. Let's get the latest on the technology from Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Paul, thanks for joining us again today. The driverless semi was an idea that was talked about a great deal uh, two or three years ago. And then uh, once the pandemic set in, it was an idea that was kind of set aside. But it sounds like the testing and the technology marches on. Yeah, it's beyond. In fact, it's beyond testing. Although you know, officially, I guess you'd call it a test, but it's happening. It's on the roads now. Uh, and Navistar, as you said, and has teamed up with a company called Too Simple uh, to create a, what they call a driver-out autonomous driving system, which means literally and figuratively, there is no driver needed. Uh, although for the first tests that they've done, to use your word, they've certainly gone with a driver in the cab in case they needed to you know, take control. But the point is that, yes, trucks are on the road without drivers and will be uh, in the very near future. 2024, 
uh, two star and Navistar, or pardon me, two simple and Navistar are predicting uh, they have currently 5,600 orders roughly uh, for these vehicles, and they're going to be out in the road uh, around us. Trucking and logistics, another industry uh, that is uh, suffering from a uh, severe manpower shortage as part of the Great Resignation. So instead of replacing drivers, as might have been thought or feared way back when, there's going to be supplanting the existing uh, driver workforce. It's possible. Let's put it this way. Right now, there's more, as you just said, there's more demand for drivers than there are trucks out there. Uh, or, the, pardon me, there's more demand for drivers than there are drivers. And so they need to fill those trucks. And if they can't fill them, if there's literally nobody who's willing to sign up for this job, and admittedly, this is a very tough job, being a full-time uh, driver of a big rig, for example, um, if they can aid uh, in reducing the challenge on this uh, supply chain problem we're all facing by having vehicles out there without having to worry about whether or not they can get those drivers, then you're not supplanting jobs yet. You're just getting uh, you're getting jobs done uh, before you have the supply of drivers you need to supply that that need. And is the, this seems like something where uh, once the technology is proven, or at least there's a level of comfort around it, uh, Amazon could probably jump into this uh, space in a big way. Oh, my gosh. Amazon has spent literally billions of dollars on new vehicles, um, many from Mercedes, uh, in order to supply the, again, supply chain. In this case, it's a huge customer demand for online purchases. And, and one of the things that people are thinking about or haven't thought about a lot lately until lately is these vehicles, obviously, by default, semis are big. Well, they also are tall. And the result of that, the benefit of that, is that they can actually put sensors up tall in these vehicles and get a much more accurate sense of the environment, including you know, oncoming traffic, uh, people coming on and on ramps and so forth, uh, emergency vehicles in the, in the uh, emergency lane and so on. Those can be detected much more readily by a tall vehicle. So some people are saying that this is actually going to develop all kinds of benefits for uh, what can be a dangerous situation with lots of trucks on the road. Well, that's good news for uh, truck drivers who get stuck under the uh, Lake Street L or hit the Long Grove Bridge. Uh, the covered bridge there. Thanks for joining us. Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media, based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.